Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to us in order to grant us the Gospel. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in 1994, a 13-year-old boy, blonde hair, blue-eyed boy from San Antonio, Texas, went missing as he was walking home from playing basketball with his friends. His name was Nicholas Barclay, and his family had no idea what happened to him. They had talked to him just a little while before he was supposed to go and walk back from the basketball court to his house, and somewhere in between there, something happened, and they hadn't heard from him in three years. Until all of the sudden... On that third year, they got a scratchy phone call. And on this scratchy phone call, there was somebody on the other end who said that they had a Nicholas Barclay. And he was in, of all places, this place in Spain, Linares, Spain, and that he didn't have any identification on him, he didn't have a passport, they weren't sure how he got there, but there was this boy, this boy who had been missing for three years, and he wanted to go home. And so his family came and they brought him to the U.S. Embassy, and there at the U.S. Embassy they got this boy a passport and he got that passport and he got on a plane with his family and they went back to San Antonio, Texas and they lived together as a happily reunited family once again there in San Antonio. Nicholas Barclay had returned. Or that's at least what they thought for about five months. After five months, they began to have some people that were outside of the family that began to ask certain questions. You see, Nicholas Barclay had been a blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid, and this Nicholas Barclay who came by, well, he had brown eyes. And it looked like he had, when he would get a five o'clock shadow, it looked like it was coming in kind of dark, that it wasn't coming in blonde, that maybe there was some kind of dye job that was happening there. And the thing that really put them over the edge was that they took a look at two pictures. And they looked at the differences between the ears of this person who was claiming to be Nicholas Barclay and the real Nicholas Barclay who had disappeared some three years ago. And they found out that this Nicholas Barclay was not actually... Nicholas Barclay, but that he was an imposter. He was a man named Frederick Bourdain, and he had done this many times before, finding the identity of someone that he could then fill in as his own family. 
And he had done this time and time again all throughout Europe. And this was the first time that he was able to do it with an identity from a little boy from the United States. He was an imposter. And that is the level of impersonation that is happening here in the book of Galatians. Here in the book of Galatians, Paul is writing a letter to these Galatian people and he's saying, you've been fooled. You've been fooled by this imposter that is telling you it is Christianity when it actually isn't. Take a look at the color of its eyes. Take a look at its ears. Take a look at what is really behind this imposter Christianity that you are being sold. It's not the real deal. And as we get into this book, and as we continue to look at it for several weeks, you'll begin to notice that there are certain things about this new gospel that aren't very gospel at all. You see that word gospel, it's a funny word, it's it's a word that we don't use very often in many things, and sometimes we use it in different ways. We say we're going to read the Holy Gospel, and we know that there's four Gospels, and yet there's also this other sense of Gospel, which is probably the richer and fuller sense of what it means. And it means the grace of God working in our lives. It actually comes from Old English, from a word that would be called God's spell. So sort of this sense that God is doing something magical in your life. That God is doing something supernatural with you. That is what gospel means. But here in Galatia, after Paul leaves the Galatians, there are some other people who come in and try to impersonate that gospel. And they try to impersonate it with something that isn't gospel at all. They come to these Galatians and they say, Well, I'm glad that Paul was here. But, you know, Paul, he's, he's sort of, he, he's not the best guy to really listen to when it comes to this Christianity stuff. Uh, in fact, you should listen to us. Because, well, we are students of the apostles back in Jerusalem. And... We know what's best. And what's best is, well, first of all, you all have to stop eating things that are not kosher. Now, this probably comes as a bigger rub to the people of Galatia who are southern Europeans. So people in the south of Italy, in the south, south of France, and maybe even possibly in south Germany. People that love pig. And here are these people that come in and say, nope, no more barbecue. And they say, well, that's not where it stops, though. You also have to do some other stuff. You also have to begin to follow all of the Judaic laws. You have to follow all of these things. And, oh yeah, by the way, that means, guys, that means you have to be circumcised. And they're so convincing in their argument. Just like Frederick Bourdain was convincing in his argument that he was Nicholas Barclay. They're so convincing in their argument that they actually pull it off. 
And they actually get the Galatian people to begin behaving in this way and to begin to trade the true gospel for this other gospel. And so when Paul is writing them and saying, I can't believe that you've fallen for another gospel, not that there is another gospel, but you've fallen for this thing that's purporting itself to be the gospel. This thing that has to do with your behavior. This thing that has to do with you essentially kind of saving yourself by doing this good work and that good work and these things and not those things. And we know what that's like. We've seen that in our culture today. There's plenty of other Gospels in our culture now. There's this thing out there that's called Prosperity Gospel or Word Faith Movement that basically says that God wants you to be rich. Which, God wants good things for you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that God always wants you to be rich. There's other Gospels out there that say that really being a Christian is about being this radical follower of Jesus, and the more that you can be like Jesus, the better off that you're going to be. And there's a semblance of truth in that, but it can very easily be twisted around into something that is no longer the Gospel. Because what the gospel is, is that Jesus Christ came into this world as a little baby boy, lived among us in order to teach us enough that we would understand that when he died on that cross, that what he was doing was not telling us, this is how you do it. But saying, this is what I'm doing for you. So that you don't have to die on a cross yourself in order to be saved. But rather so that you can say, look at that one who died for me. Look at this Jesus Christ who is the gospel for me. This man who died upon a cross so that I might live forever and ever and ever. And Paul is writing to these Galatians and really writing to us and saying, don't trade that. Don't trade the true gospel for what God has to give you. Don't trade it ever. If anybody comes and tells you about some other gospel, do not believe them. Let them be accursed. Even if an angel comes down and tells you that this is all about the stuff that you do, let them be accursed. Because the true gospel is a gift. And it's a gift that you get to play with. And it's a gift that you get to use. And it's a gift that has some stuff around it. It's not just that you get forgiven, then you do nothing. But that doesn't mean that it's not a gift. If I was to give everybody in this room a free car, you can look under your seats after worship. If I was to give everybody in this room a free car, and you took that thing that's underneath your seats right now, 
and you said, that actually looks like it's a certificate that I can go down and I can get a free car, would you just say, that is fantastic, I have a free car, and now I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it in a drawer someplace? No. You would go out, and you would get that car, and you would drive it around town, and you would say, University Lutheran is the greatest church ever. But what you wouldn't probably say is, I am fantastic. Look at me, driving around this car. You know, University Lutheran knew that I was a good driver. And that's why they gave me this car. But you see, that is the imposter gospel that begins to creep into our lives when we forget that all of this is just a big gift from God. And the amazing thing about this gift is that it makes you an imposter. In fact, it has a lot to do with that story about Nicholas Barclay and Frederick Bourdain. You see, Frederick Bourdain got to be Nicholas Barclay. Got to be him for five months before he was found out, but he got to be him for five months. And what needed to happen so that Frederick Bourdain could be Nicholas Barclay? Well, Nicholas Barclay had to go away and probably die. That's a picture of the gift that Christ gives to us. He says, I, I want you to be me. I want the Father, when He looks at you, to see me. And so what I need to do in order to make that happen is I need to go away. I need to die. I need to be crucified, die, and buried. And then you take my identity. And not everything about it is the same, but that sense of trading identities with Him, it's there. And you get to be an imposter today because Jesus Christ died so He could give you His identity. Amen.